welcome to the Geek Night in episode 56. I'm your host Laura and I just had to check the episode number that was written down because it had already left my head. <laughs> this week I am joined by Tilly. Hello. Kate. Hey. And Gemma. Hello. We are all here. Hooray. Woo. Yay. That sounded super Swedish by the way Gemma. That's because it was Swedish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just before we... <laughs> A little bit of fun facts. Just before we started, I asked Gemma whether she had her recording software running, and she answered me in Swedish, and I didn't know what was happening. Mm. Because... I've been watching Swedish films. Yeah, do you want to do you want to start us off with your Swedish film because you've been watching a Swedish film? Yeah, I literally stopped watching it like ten minutes ago. Yeah, you um, were late to recording because you ugh. were busy. Didn't need us for entertainment. You got Swedish films. Yeah, for lot me. Um, yeah, I what watched... what. what? <laughs> I watched uh, Let the Right One In, um, the Swedish that, version, obviously. That's a film that I think is about vampires. It's like about children, isn't it? Yeah, it's about a child vampire. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the vampire can't enter a building unless you say, yeah, okay, well, come in. Yeah, well, she pretty much, she's bound by the usual vampire laws and rules and stuff. This this, yeah. this film, or it might have even just been like the, the English language remake of this film, I think that's the first time I ever was aware of that being a part of Vampire. What? Did you know with Buffy? I did, and it just never, like... What? I, I, I must have known it from Buffy, but like, I just didn't remember it. In a lot of... But, like, I, the... I'm sure it was. I just had my moment of when this film happened. That Like, that's the furthest I can remember back being like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that vampires have to do. Because they have feel... to, like, um, do elaborate spells when they decide, oh, no, you can't come in anymore. Yeah, that's that's spell. actually a really good point. That was yeah. a in Buffy, but regardless, you have to consecrate yeah. the grounds and sprinkle garlic according to Dracula. Anyway, I have such books and films I'd have to give you now. Like, I like, I think vampire I is very interesting in how we have, hmm. like, how modern media has rules. Like, to me, I would generally, if I met a vampire, I would generally go by like Buffy vampire rules. Hmm. Um. Hmm. But then, obviously, some people, if you, you know, there's other... Where did, when did that happen? Like, obviously, Joss, Joss Whedon didn't make that up. So, like, it'd be interesting to see, like, the first examples of those things mm. um, in, like, modern media and also in, like, at, you know, historical books and things like that. You know, Look at you turning this into a history conversation I already. You. I can't not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> further to that, it's, it's interesting the way a lot of gothic media takes... it. it it does modernise and it absorbs older myths. So, for example, uh, a few things, including Bram Stoker's Dracula, refer to Nosferatu um, mm. as being uh, an older, more primal sort of vampire. And that vampires have actually evolved either parallel or from this thing. And they're, they're living alongside each other. It's just that in the world of Dracula, they're in... Um, is it Dracula? I might be misremembering. But I it comes up anyway. That... I think it's Dracula. But it's interesting how, like, we also reject things as being, oh, well, that's not true vampires. Like, well, um, yeah, vampires yeah. don't really sparkle in the sun. Twilight's that's, terrible. I, that's not proper vampires. It's an interesting example of how mm. Stephanie Mayer. I mean, I've never fully read read Twilight. I've only read like extracts and things. But it'd be interesting to see why that was rejected so vehemently by kind of like the literature community. I mean, obviously, Twilight isn't popular within kind of people who go oh yeah if you're going to be gatekeeping fictional characters you're probably not the kind of person that likes twilight um <laughs> or fictional species but it'd be interesting to see how 
updates to vampire lore have been justified by authors mm. and why that was then accepted by a wider kind of literature and sci-fi community like who said right they can't go out in the daylight you know did this happen in the 15th century or what like who said who was the first person to write and be like right stake through the heart that's I'm, gonna be how I'm, it is i'm very aware we've done the thing that we often do where Gemma brings <laughs> up a topic and then never actually talks about the topic <laughs> she brought she up brings up interesting topics that you can segue yeah. in a million the, ways so i have sorry, Gemma. i have one very quick thing to say before Gemma actually talks about the topic she brought up which is on the topic of like weird <laughs> weird lines stopping things from walking through rooms fun story uh, my parents house that i used to live in a couple of doors down from there uh there's a church and then a couple of doors down there was a house the house had to be demolished because uh, the police entered this house. There were salt lines over all the doorways and entry points. There were salt pentagrams in the rooms. There was, a, there was like a miles deep hole in the basement that they couldn't work out how it was possible to have dug. Uh, yeah, it was a family of Satanists that were living next to a church what? and were planning to do some kind of ritual. I know it's not strictly vampires, but you just got me thinking about like, my my mum had to work on this crime scene and oh, it was very interesting like she was really creeped out by like every doorway like entryway to the house every window every doorway within the house had salt lines across it it's like, house. <laughs> yeah the, like the ideas of keeping spirits and supernatural things at bay with like lines that prevent them passing really interesting to me i as creepy as it is that house got demolished We've obviously fun. missed um, Halloween, but we do need to have a paranormal supernatural episode where we just talk about creepy shit. Yeah. I can mm. that. So, any, yeah, you, you just want to talk about supernatural, the show. No, I meant supernatural, <laughs> the small s. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, Gemma, do you want to talk about that film that you watched? I could try to force myself because my problem is that I'm a goth and I'm really into vampire fiction. So I could just talk about vampires for ages as well. Okay, we need to have like a whole. <laughs> podcast event where we just talk about vampires and ghosts and monsters and things okay i could spend at least 40 that can be our christmas episode (laughs) i I like that plan anyway (laughs) Gemma, we're gonna shut up and let you talk about your film for a bit tell us about your film right i'll shelve the bit of me that wants to talk for 45 minutes about interview with a vampire (laughs) oh my god i love that film (laughs) it's so good do you want do you want to talk about interview with the vampire first i'll talk about that the right way in we okay. can come back to that. We, we can come back to that. Oh, so hard now. Yeah, I need to rewatch that film now. Yes, let the right one in. Um, yeah, it is a story of a vampire and two children. And it's kind of a love story, but also a horror film. And it's a really nice mix of that. And I'm not thoroughly intrigued to know what the English version is, but I also don't want to ruin this Prussian thing. It's supposed to be quite good. I've heard good things about people who have seen the Swedish version and then seen the English version. I've been like, you know, it is a, a Hollywood remake, so you kind of have to have that in mind. But I have heard people saying, I mean, you know, you get people who are like, oh my God, I can't believe they've remade this obscure film. But apparently this one is supposed to be quite good. So maybe watch it and see. Hmm. I'll have to see if it features trains as much as <laughs> the right one in. Because this is the the... the... The nice part about this is that basically we've been meaning to watch it for a while, but the reason we watched it tonight is because yesterday uh, we visited, uh, my husband and I visited a friend who lives in Blackaberry in Stockholm, which is where the film is set. (laughs) So I spent 
a large party yesterday wandering around the film set. And so watching the film tonight, it was like, I've taken that photograph, that exact same <laughs> shot. Oh, that's cool. Because they have all these panning shots of like where um, Ely, the vampire, uh, climbs up a tree and it's just like sat there huffing and puffing and like you've got Blacker Birdie Tullumbana stuff all in the background. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that's a train station. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you say a Swedish word and I don't know what it is, I assume it's a train station just generally. Like okay. earlier when Apologies, it was like, yes. oh yeah, are you recording? And you said a Swedish word. I was like, well, why are you telling me about a train station? This is a <laughs> yes or no question. Yeah. Tunnelbana is just Swedish for what well, is literally tunnel rail. It's underground. Well, as, as, soon as, as soon as you make Swedish sounds, I tune out so I never pick out that you said Tanabana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I pay is... attention to your Swedish sounds. Thank you. Me too. I think yeah. it's very interesting, Gemma. I, I yeah, love Nora. I, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I love that, like, I love that you've reached a point where your brain sort of, like, inter- interweaves the two languages, like, without much thought, and I love that. It's but kind of weird. I don't understand a word. <laughs> it's in the same way that whenever I'm referring to, like, if I say the tube, it feels different to a metro, because a metro feels like a non-English word somehow. Do so I get the same find, thing in Sweden. Do you find Gemma that when you're writing like anything, like a letter, you will use whatever is quickest? So if there's a word that you know both the Swedish and English, you will just use the quickest word. Because I used to do that with um, when I was writing essays in, fr- in in English in school, when like I was writing an essay for like politics, and I would have written a e t instead of and because it was quicker. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. is interesting. I used to do that when I was doing Spanish and Japanese. I'd like mix the two all the time. Just find that <laughs> you just like what's the quickest, easiest word <laughs> that yeah. comes to mind. Oh, this. Well, I'll just say that instead. I do, and it's mostly because when I am emailing people, I tend to be writing about Swedish things because I'm doing stuff in Sweden. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, there isn't really a direct translation for the word förening, which means some sort of organization, or it can also include like nonprofits and things like that, or mm-hmm. society. So if you create a fan club, it can be a förening as well. Oh, okay. So I use that all the time. I refer to people who know what I'm talking about. Because then it's quicker than saying an organization slash fan yes. club slash whatever. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the, what I find very interesting about linguistics is that there are words which we haven't actually found a good translation for. Mm. And I always hear like, oh, in German, this means when you need to fart, but it won't come out. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> like you always see those Tumblr posts. <laughs> uh, okay, not that exactly. But there are some... Well, like the example I always think of for that is um, Schoenenfreude, where it's like the the joy experienced from watching the suffering of others. But there's Schadenfreude, also... yeah. Schoenenfreude. But yeah. there's also really much more everyday ones mm. that you don't think of and also the other way like perhaps in french is can to be like it might be able to happen but you'll just say perhaps <laughs> like, it's the same in swedish actually uh can share just means like can be yeah yeah and so it's like it's i just it's also history as well like how these languages have evolved like i found out that piggy bank comes from piggy or like the word for money looked similar in like some old Norse, English, Saxon thing. Like the word for money looked similar to the word for pig. So it kind of became a slang thing. And then we got piggy bank. In Swedish, it's pengar. 
Maybe it was, well, I don't know, but me and Gemma could do like the most pseudo intellectual <laughs> acting, like we know everything with yeah. random examples from our lives. So, anyway, Gemma, like how was your film? Oh, yeah. <laughs> how was your film, Gemma? We know that you were in the place where the film was filmed. How was the film? <laughs> the film was wonderful and actually really absorbing, which seems ironic now considering how distracted it could get. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's really wonderful. And I actually recommend it. It's got a nice, um, not particularly overt feeling of inclusivity. I, I described it um, as a very Swedish approach to meeting a vampire. Because basically, it, it's not spoiling much to say that the, the boy who meets the vampire starts to fall in love. And he's not quite sure who, what she is at this moment. He was moment. a boy, she was a vampire. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> but she says... Um, as they start getting together she's like um would you still like me if i wasn't a girl um and she's implying that she's not human but it's the way it's said he's reading his agenda thing and he's like no it's fine would you go out with me anyway kind of thing i feel really bad i'm continuing to make up that parody in my head it's like he was a kid she never (laughs) aged what more can i say (laughs) I, I'm I'm working through this parody in my head now, and Evelyn is a yeah. gift. Um, you need to make this yeah. as a fan video. This, this is going to be a thing. I'll be thinking about all episode now. I'm too, I've done a second line. This is happening. Avril Lavigne, yeah. a gift to humankind. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that sounds really sweet and lovely in its in its inclusivityness. Mm. You should watch the English one and then report back, and you can either be like, "Oh yeah, that was a good attempt," or you can be like. These English dogs have bush of my... I don't know what you're crying. <laughs> have bush of my language. You, you need to let us know whether we're okay to watch the English language one or if we need to find a subtitled Swedish one because otherwise we are heathens. You no, I'd, I would I say watch the Swedish it. one. I, I don't think I'm going to touch the English one. But also, yeah, on the back of that, I wondered if either of you actually been to um, somewhere that you've either, rec- either recognised from a film or what? you've like seen somewhere a film has been set you, near you. Um, excuse me, most of Harry Potter was filmed right next to where I used to live. <laughs> oh, I, nice. I went to some of the some of the places where they shot some of the shots from Harry Potter. So I've been to like some of the courtyards. Have you I've been, been to Laycock? Probably. This yeah, is that's where I used, that's this, right next to where this, I used to live. This is where when I like the first or second books were coming out. So I I don't remember what the name of the places were. I remember I went to the potions classroom. I went mm-hmm. to a courtyard, and I went to yeah, like a couple of other places. <laughs> that sounds like the place. Okay, so yeah, I went and saw some Harry Potter places and was like, ah, oh, my mum used to teach in the primary school there, and when the first couple of films were coming out and obviously the actors were like 11 and 12 some of the year sixes which is like uh 10 and 11 years old from the school were in the film as extras um the courtyard bit is the cloisters of laycock abbey oh yeah i remember that word i'm assuming that that's a place i went yes um cloisters are you will see them in a lot of old um formerly catholic possibly now church of england depending on where they are in the country um buildings and also in a lot of abbeys in france and they're basically like little garden things um you also see them in a lot of greek and roman houses um which obviously you don't have much of in laycock but uh yeah laycock abbey is pretty cool and they also yeah there was a potions 
like they just randomly filmed um a bit of the potions classroom there um and later on in the sixth book they walk towards a ha- they walk towards slughorn's house mm. in the sixth film and that's in laycock but uh-huh. the bit like you know in the last film where the where they have like the battle between Voldemort yeah. and Harry and things like that um that wasn't filmed in the cloisters but it's supposed to be that same location within the film mm. but loads of stuff is filmed in Laycock like the Cranford whatever it was called the what that was filmed there Cranford it had like Judy Dench in it it was like some oh I thought that was a thing from Harry Potter (laughs) but loads of stuff gets filmed in Laycock and they're always having to like cover up all the drain pipes and stuff and make it look oldie worldy that does remind me that actually uh when Harry is sat in the railway station in Deathly Hallows part one that is Surbiton railway station and I know it (laughs) because it's part of Deco and I've wandered around Surbiton about uh I think it's about quarter past one in the morning because that's the sort of thing I do. <laughs> I go <laughs> I around think, to railway I know stations. That area roughly of West London. It's oh, not yeah. West London, it's Surrey. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like Richmond, and then you get all... Yeah, because I used to go to so... um, Hampton Court and to Rains Park. Oh, yeah. So it was always like you'd have to either get off before Surbiton or like. If you went on the train to Surbiton, it meant you were on the wrong train. It was very dramatic. So. Yeah, because there's a couple of stops up from Woking where I used to live. But there's a story attached because I, I went wandering around the station and it's brilliant when they're just about to close because there are no trains, no people. You get to just appreciate the station. And somewhere like Surbiton is really beautifully designed. But when we ca- when I came out of the station, we were, uh, my husband and I were about to drive off. This drunken guy came up to us. Oh, you and... met my ex then? Sorry? I said you met my ex then. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> he came up to us and started diffusing about like how nice it was to see someone else appreciating the station, and we started getting this conversation about like because he was a local, he was um, part of a society protecting the station, this sort of thing. <laughs> and it turned out he was a, a psychologist, I think. And like we started talking about all sorts in this car park at like half past one in the morning. And he was still carrying a can of Stella or something. (laughs) (laughs) Totally erudite drunk. It was brilliant. Oh, I have a thing that Gemma might be interested in. I played a video game about trains this week. (laughs) Have you ever played Train Valley? No. It's a game. It's on Steam. You get a map and you have like some stations and you have to... Like, from a top-down view, make the train tracks to, like, get the trains in the places they need to go. But, like, there are things you have to manage, like, if you, um, if you, uh, how do I put this? You have to do things like um, pausing the game to switch uh, which way the the moving tracks go, so that if things go one way or the other, it tracks. And um, basically, you have to not make these trains crash into each other while building your tracks and trying to be efficient with your timetables. But also, like, if if you want to make a train tra- track somewhere and like farmer Bob has his like potato field in the way oh, you, I don't know Farmer Bob has his potato field. You have to spend, you like him, you have to decide, do I want to spend a fortune buying his land from him to like make the train track straight across? Or do I end up going like a convoluted route around his farm? It's all about like trying to minimize your number of track pieces or the n- amount of time it takes you to do all your journeys it's a really cool train management game. It does look nice, actually. And it reminds yeah. me of a board game I played, which I'm 
now having to desperately look up my board game geek playing history because I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> um, what what I did also think was kind of amazing about it. A, if you make a mistake, the trains will hit each other, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> B, if there is uh, there is an example of like trains won't wait for you even if you bo- don't build tracks. So let's say a new train sta- let's say a new train station opens up somewhere on on this map. I was stressing out about managing the stations I already had. So I was like, okay, I'm going to buy myself some time. I'm just not going to build any tracks from that station because then the train can't go anywhere. Sure, I'm going to get shouted at, but it gives me time to deal with this current problem. Then I'll like get around to building their tracks and getting that station open a little late. Uh, the train did not care that there were no no tracks and it just like the train's engines got turned on and it just went straight in a straight line and the train just went straight off into the distance because it couldn't turn because there were no tracks so it just went this train just going I don't need no tracks yeah exactly it's like I don't care I'm I'm going you can't stop me so that was amazing so I think you would like this game, Gemma. Go look at Train Valley. Wow, well, yeah, I think I shall. I, I can't remember which what the name of the game was, but yeah, there's a board game which needs to do similar things, uh, but not so much the track lane. So yeah, so yeah. that that is a fun one to do. Um, Kate, you have a bunch of stuff this week. Do you want to talk about one of your things? Well, I've been a hardcore gamer, which I'm, which I'm, you probably now expect from me. To be oh, honest. I know. Like, it's not yeah. a week of this show if you're not talking about video games now. I know it's crazy, but um, I finished Assassin's Creed One or Ass Creed One. Um, <laughs> I can't be bothered to spell assassin every time, so I'm just like Ass Creed. Yeah, well, exactly. People do it's, that. It's... There's like Ass Flag and. <laughs> That's my favorite one. It's, to be it's, fair. The creed, it's the creed of the ass. You know, well, you plant a flag like, on the, the word ass. Assassin has the word ass in it twice, so you know, I'm not. Yeah, good. that's that's the only way I can remember how to spell assassin. Yes. is it's it's double the assassin. ass. Assassin. It's it's <laughs> double the ass. It's an assassin. So yeah, I finished Ass Creed one. It like it wasn't a good game in terms of the storyline. Like every time they were like, "Oh, we have to do this," I was like, "Shut up! I want to kill someone." But the general, I can see how if you, you know, if it was like 2007 and you were given this game and you unwrapped it and put it on, you would be like, wow, this is incredible. It, like, it was I, it was flawed, but like there was nothing like it at the time. And the fact that I've gone from one that came out, I've gone from three to one mm. and two has been my favorite so far. Um, but... I can see the progression of what, you know, like stuff in the heads up display and the maps. And I can see where you use in terms like heads up display. <laughs> but, like, I can see oh. how different aspects of the game. I can see like where they where the ideas came from. And I can see their progression of ideas and like their production and things. But at the same time, I'm like, I respect that it is a really, really good game. Um, I finished it. I was like, oh, this is kind of, you know, it's kind of boring. I want to get, there's not so many side missions. You can't even pickpocket people, really. You oh. can pickpocket certain people. You can't be stealing money. You can't loot bodies. What's this about? Um, you you sound so upset about these facts. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, you can't, in the second one, you obviously have your villa that you have to upgrade and things. Yeah. Um, and then in this, which I did like I've done all that but then in the third one you have to like put wood you have to collect wood and things and like put it to <laughs> use and I'm like what like I'm not actually a groundskeeper <laughs> Assassin's what? Creed Minecraft edition 
I, I'm supposed to be an assassin. Why am I collecting material? And you're supposed to like <laughs> go and. In, I mean, in the third one, it takes long enough to get anywhere anyway. So, and then I'm supposed to like, go and see like Farmer Bob or whatever and be like, sorry, I know they're building a train track. What? Farmer, right now. Farmer Bob turns up in a lot of video games That's these like, days. Yeah, like, and he's already having trouble because Laura's building a train track through. <laughs> and he's like, oh, now Connor's coming up with, you know, his weirdness and just being annoying. So I think I'm, I enjoyed it. It was good. And I'm glad I played it. I've got Revelations and Brotherhood, which I think I will play. But and and I got Rogue for Christmas. Um yeah. so I can't open it yet or anything. Mm-hmm. But I have that ready for Christmas and then I might depending on how long they stay, I might get my brother-in-law to bring his Xbox One down. Um so I can cuz I think either he has syndicate or somebody will probably get it for him for christmas so um Uh, i will be like play that i'll maintain the offer that i've made before if you want to come down to our new place and just like spend a day binging through syndicate you're more than welcome i think it would be cool because i mean i don't you've never really seen me play a video game have you i've never seen you play one no i talk about it and i say stuff like heads up display i am not good at video games (laughs) like i run around and my mum has been watching she watches me play you know while she's doing her craft stuff or whatever and she's like this is hilarious you're terrible at it and i'm falling off things and i'm like oh you do it then you know but i am not good so i think you're like fan base would probably find it quite amusing to watch me play. I would happily like sit with you for a day and we could like live stream doing this and just we'll just chat while you play through all of Syndicate in one big go. And to see if we could do it and Tilly you would have well, to do us snacks. Yeah I was gonna say can I come too? I don't you, know what I could bring you, to the you, table. But... You do a bunch yeah. of baking and just keep bringing us food and be like oh here is food now I will hang out with you yes. And giving me hand massages. Yeah. <laughs> you start play with your left hand and then I'll massage your right hand. You'll have to pass the controller off to me while Tilly like gives you the hand massage. Oh, it's like, okay, the cramp is gone. Hand it back, hand it back. Can you imagine if I pass the controllers to the cat? <gasps> yes! <laughs> so cute! <laughs> I don't think the cat would do very well. Well, probably better than me. But yeah, I am... Um, he was very good at Animal Crossing. I have seen <laughs> pictures. So, <laughs> update on Simba. I think I should make this a regular thing. I made a box bed for Simba, um, and so far she's sleeping in the box after oh. me half an hour sat on the floor coaxing her into this bloody box. <laughs> <laughs> she now likes the box. So, yes, that's what I've been doing. I've also been reading things, but we can get back to that in. I saw Keith today. Keith is one of the. <laughs> Keith is the cat that is deaf, yeah. that lives near us. Yeah. That's so. Fantastic but weird name for a cat. We didn't name him. That is actually his name. How is Keith doing? Oh, he's happy. He was shouting at me and he followed me halfway home and I was like, you have to stop because I will Mm. bring you inside. Keith is the one that I met the other day while getting a sandwich, Mm -hmm. isn't he? Yes. So Keith is like, he's a very skinny cat and he's very, very attention demanding. Like I went to go like buy a a sausage sandwich from a place near near us i won't mention the name of it because you know internet fame and whatnot it's it's the sandwich place that was named after the animal that oh yeah we, yeah yeah that that one um i own it maybe. yeah yeah you know what's going on and keith was outside and i just i was giving him a stroke and just the entire time he was like meow meow 
Maybe Ke- uh, Laura, have you ever considered that Keith works there and he just wanted to take your order? <laughs> Quite possibly. I was like, Come on! I, well, have I, I had the sandwich in my hand, so he he should have been able to tell I'd already ordered. If he wanted he, a tip, well, he's not getting one. He's a cat. What, what I'm getting from this is that Laura is very judgmental of cats. They can't yeah. play video games and they will not give me good service in a sandwich <laughs> yeah, shop. Like, what the hell? Why won't you, you tip your cat servers? Well, they deserve the same <laughs> rights. I gave him some chicken and he didn't even, like, serve me. Yeah, exactly. Well, if I had... understands. If my food wasn't currently wrapped and, like, inconvenient to get out, I might have given him a little bit of sausage, but... He works at the sandwich shop, Laura. He gets enough food. He wanted a tip. He wanted money. He wanted cold, hard cash. I don't want to give this cat money. I think it might... It, it, it was very skinny. I think it might eat it and die. It's going gonna, it's gonna to spend all the money on catnip. <laughs> anyway. Uh, He's what? just trying to put his kittens through college. <laughs> uh, tip, tip. Oh, goodness. You've got me thinking about Undertale now and the cat that wants money for college. Well, is... So does Keith. And yeah. He's denied keith oh i feel like i need to go give keith some money now because i've just got (laughs) if any of you have played if anyone listening has played undertale i'm just imagining temmy wanting to go to college now and i'm like oh i should have given that cat money i know who temmy is yeah temmy is the cat from undertale that wants to go to college what's undertale uh it's a video game um in which you can date skeletons and it's all very hilarious and lovely and sad and and sad it's also very sad i am on my third I'm on my third playthrough and I can't finish it because it's too sad. Kate needs to do some uh, listening to like two or three episodes ago in which Laura discussed it at length. Yeah, I've discussed it a few okay, times. Sorry. I don't. I, it might have been one that you weren't on. Maybe it was on one of the ones I did with Je- just with Gemma, possibly. I'm it was, yeah. Times. Okay. Um, so things <laughs> that I want to talk about this. Actually, one second. Go, Tilly. Tilly's going to get mint imperials out. Do, 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 do. Edit around this I am not allowed bit. to rustle. No, you do too much rustling while, I'm, while we're on the mic. I'm hungry. Well, get a few. Okay, you've done that now. you got a few out. <laughs> Love you. Mint imper- drinking mint imperials? Don't drink mint imperials. My Why? brother does that. He puts them in um, Coke and dissolves them, and then he drinks them. The- That's so... What? That my brother not- is a bizarre human being. That sounds revolting. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. He does it with Skittles as well. What? Oh my god. That's vile. I was oh. just thinking of one of the off-mic things we had last week, I think it was, when we were just, uh, we were having like a Velcro jam and just tapping <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was all very odd, wasn't it? <laughs> um, what what things do I have to talk about this week? Ooh, I have some things. Um, cool, ve- that sounded ominous. Yeah, very, very quick one to get through. I won't go into too much detail. Um, if people want to hear more detail, I've got like another podcast coming up this week where I talk about stuff in detail. Um, last week, I very briefly mentioned Jessica Jones, uh, which I was about halfway through at the time. And having now finished the series, my thoughts halfway through, I think, were definitely correct, which is this is a very hard series to watch. But it is, in my opinion, the best thing that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has produced thus far. Um, It deals with real world themes in some very, very tasteful and well-developed ways. The villain is absolutely bloody terrifying. And I cannot recommend this show enough. Um, Really well-developed cast of characters. Uh, None of the characters fall into the expected um, tropes that you would expect of them and the archetypes that they seem like they're going for. It's just a really bloody good show. Um, I'm not going to go into too much more detail here because it's 
it's one of those that discussing is going to be very tough listening for some people. Um, but if you mm. want to hear more on my thoughts on Jessica Jones on Friday of this week, so that would be Friday, the 4th of December, I believe. Yeah. The 4th of December, uh, school of movies is a podcast that, um, I will be, I will be on their three hour Jessica Jones spoiler cast. Oh, my so, three hours. Yeah. We recorded it a couple of days ago and, if you want to hear three hours of intense breakdown of character analysis of every character in that show, there is three hours of Jessica Jones chat coming out on Friday. So I don't know what I'm doing in the next five minutes, let alone in the next three hours. Well, now what you're doing in that three hours is listening to me talk about Jessica Jones. I haven't so, seen yeah. it. I haven't um, seen a single episode. I think that you would really enjoy it and it would probably... I think it's the kind of thing that you would watch and have a lot to say about my sister was like oh you should watch it but i'm like i could bear literally it took me effort to watch the captain america civil war trailer like so much effort i had to make somebody watch it for me first because i was like i can't be bothered to think i haven't actually seen they had to watch it it and prep me but I did see a rather nice Twitter summary of Jessica Jones where somebody said, uh, all the men in it are either evil or eye candy. And, oh, that's what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, that that is the one thing that came out of it where I was like, yeah, this is the show to make people realise, oh, this is what it's like when uh, entire gender is like boiled down to eye candy. Oh, with Orange is the New Black and it was like oh this is what happens when women are given interesting backstories and personalities yeah also um, I can't remember did we talk about Captain America trailer last episode no No. had that come out yet I have the most amazing hang on I just need to log back in I have the most amazing summary of it that was sent via text to my best friend do you want me to read it okay Okay, I'm getting I, I, I live texted it to my friend so oh my god the love in their eyes referring to Stephen Bucky oh is Bucky just okay now is that how brainwashing works oh look at him jump off a building you cutie what is this soundtrack what dumbass soundtrack is this oh my god Bucky your hair is stupid operated with unlimited power um you mean Tony has oh my god is Steve getting arrested again Tony is such a hypocrite Bucky is adorable and I want to bang him (laughs) <laughs> Look at damn aviator Ray-Bans, though. Looking fire, Steve. Yes, I see our bay Scarlet Witch. Oh, my God, Tony, you weren't friends. Jesus Christ, you were, like, barely workmates. You didn't even go for drinks. <laughs> okay, the, 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 the most concise summary of the uh, Civil War trailer that I've seen is a three-panel comic. Uh, might have even just been two panels, where the first panel is... Um, Steve and Bucky like skipping along under a rainbow and it says best friends forever. And then it's just a, a little image of sad um, Tony Stark with a card that says um, for my best friend. Aww. And he's just really sad. But it's, it's ridiculous because like, sorry, the whole idea that, Oh, Steve operates outside of jurisdiction. Like Tony literally made a suit of mass destruction with no okay from any either governmental organization or non-governmental organization he has operated with completely unchecked power like only his privilege keeps him afloat the the short version of this discussion as i understand it like boils down to 
Um, Tony did do that, and he almost destroyed the whole planet in event in um, Age of Ultron. Yeah, and, and got so, no, got absolutely no, no flack. Well, this, this is the point. The point. He got no flack, but he realized, oh crap, this is what happens when we're allowed to no. act, like act with anonymity. And that's, as I understand it, that's where this is going. And I kind of like this. Is the idea? I do not think they have enough notes in their brains. Oh, I I feel like the, like my understanding is this is where it's going is. Um, basically, Tony looks back on Age of Ultron and goes, yeah, I completely messed up by trying to, like, trying to protect the whole world just on my own, um, off my own back. He's the one that instigates talking to the government about getting sanctions put in, because he's like, yeah, we are bloody dangerous. At which point Steve Rogers is like, um, American Constitution, uh, civil liberties, you can't be putting us on a list, And his objection is just, I won't be on a list because American Constitution. I just, I just flipped that because my understanding was that the comics, or at least Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Captain America was on the registration side. No, no, Civil War. I think in the six one six verse, he has always it's always been Tony versus Cap, and I believe, spoiler alert, Captain America. This is the comic series where he dies. Indeed, which would make a lot of sense considering that um, uh, Robert Downey Jr., his contracts have been up for a while and he's been trying to leave the series and again, this would make a convenient exit point for him. I think my friend thinks Tony will die. I think Chris Evans will leave because he, like me, has anxiety disorder and I don't think wants to do... I mean, this was stuff I had like two or three years ago. So obviously he's carried on with the series so far. So he may have, this may not be the same. But I got the impression from various interviews that he was planning on being more behind the camera and doing some other projects that weren't acting, which, you know, unfortunately it will be uh, for, you know, anybody with eyes um, who can see his jawline and shoulders, it will be a loss. (laughs) But um, I think he's done directing stuff before and some other kind of, um, uh, not indie. I don't know, alternative art house like Snowpiercer and Puncture. Like he's done some really good stuff that isn't Marvel. And um, Sebastian Stan, my future husband, is on a nine movie contract with Marvel. So he will likely take the mantle of Captain America. Yeah. I like how that conversation came back to Trains and Snow. (laughs) Yes, yes, it did. That's a fantastic film. I have yet to see it. It's still on the list. Oh, Gemma. Gemma. (laughs) Gemma. Go and watch it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I do like the idea of, like, this being... Because Age of Ultron was a bit of a pathetic, terrible, like... Terrible, Anna, stupid, that's not what. That's not it. the point I'm making. The point I'm making is it was kind of a lackluster departure for Robert Downey Jr. from the franchise because it was just, okay, I'm off, goodbye, and we never heard from him again. Do you think he cares? Like, how much money does he have? Do you think he cares anymore? Well... I think he does because a lot of his stipulation for coming back for another film was I will be in another film so long as I am one of the primary parts of that film like I am a main character in it like he didn't want to come back for another ensemble cast like the Avengers but he was happy to come back to Cap uh, to Cap 3 if Cap 3 became a Tony Stark story which is annoying for a start because 
I prefer, I mean, well, it's, I mean, it, who's it going to be? Is it going to be about Bucky, a white guy? Is it going to be about Steve, also a white guy? Oh, no, let's pick Robert Downey Jr., the incredibly rich white guy. Like, wow, amazing, subversing all those boundaries. I, while, while I agree with you, I do like the thought of, like, the suggestions, as I said, that I've seen of um, Tony Stark realises, oh, crap, Age of Ultron would not have happened if if I had had some oversight we probably need some oversight as a group of people. And well, I don't the, think that's how it's going to be. I, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. I, I definitely will, because I really liked Captain America 2. And I really oh, like... I really like, I think the Captain America series has so far been the most consistently strong. I really like the mm. sort of... The, the, the low-scale grounding of like the Captain America ones, where it's about like interpersonal drama and fairly restrained scale. So who's he going to bang and is basically that. Pretty, pretty much. And I really want to watch a film that has that scene of Bucky and Cap both punching Tony over and over True. and over. Like, yeah, it's I worth think, watching the film just for that. Like, on a personal note, I do think that working in a in a cinema has completely ruined films for me. Oh, I can't blame you for that at all. Like, any kind of thing that's a blockbuster, it's just, like, great. You just don't want to see it at all. And then if it's a film that you know you're going to have strong feelings about, like the Danish girl and things like that, you dread it even more because you're like, I'm going to have to actually speak to people about this. And with some films, you can be honest, whether that honesty is negative or positive. You know, you can kind of say it in like, oh, well, it wasn't for me. You know, I have some issues with it, but enjoy. Um, but then some, it's like, you you can't say, by the way, I think this is transphobic trash and I wish you weren't paying to see it. <laughs> you can't necessarily get that while you're selling tickets. Of course you can. <laughs> Just write it like in code on the back, like go and see something else. Um, I mean, you can say to people, I think X is a better film than Y, especially if they're on the fence. And, you know, you do think like, yeah, I didn't get them to see a Woody Allen film. They went to go see something good. And then they come out and they're like, oh, I enjoyed that. And you're like, good. Um, but at the same time, it's just whenever... I do not have the same enthusiasm for film analysis that I used to because of working in a cinema. Which is stupid, because you'd think, oh, talking about it at work, you know, we have a good time. But because you have to censor yourself and because you have to deal with... You have those conversations with, with guests and they can be quite interesting, but then you kind of have to step back and be like, no, I can't be honest. I have to grin and bear it. You can delete all of this. This is just like me having a rant about work. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, other things from my week. I watched some of an anime this week because someone has paid me to review an anime and I have thoughts about it. So this is an anime called K-On! And K-On! is an anime about... A group of like teenagers in school who start a rock band together, except very little of it is actually about them being a band, and that's kind of disappointing. Uh, most of it is it's very pleasant watching. It's very sort of cute, um, very very upbeat, just very like positive. Nothing too difficult about it watching. Um, and so far, for like most of the first season, that's most of what I've experienced is just. Oh, this is generally pleasant. I can enjoy this. It's there is nothing to dislike too much about it, other than potentially the slightly weird stuff that I don't know if it is a cultural thing about the closeness between the students and their teacher, which feels a bit weird. Um, what I have really enjoyed is when this anime is actually about bands. Like I've really enjoyed watching uh, the bits where they're like. Um, I'm trying to think of good examples. There is a bit where the 
the band are doing their first show together and the person who was going to be singing uh, practiced so much the day before their first show that they completely ruined their voice and had no voice. And the backup singer who's really nervous about it has to be like, okay, look, I'm going to have to take lead vocals on our first show. And uh, there's some really like sweet stuff about um, like the way that just the, the way that the group dynamic works with the band and some of the slightly lyrically stupid songs that they write that were very reminiscent to me of being in a band in my teenage years and writing songs that had really stupid lyrics that we thought were really cool at the time. Um, the times when it's focusing on stuff like that, I've really enjoyed it. Like I've really enjoyed watching a show that is about some of the, just like the stupid nature of being teenagers in a band where like you're mainly there for the socializing in some aspects. And there will be times where you'll have band meetings where nothing music musical will happen. And it's just you all hanging out being like, Oh yeah, we're totally going to do something music wise. And then four hours have gone and you were just having food. And Mm. It captures some of those nice little eccentricities of being in a band really nicely. We should make a band. We should make a band. We 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 will be in a detached house soon. We could start a band. <laughs> um, we'll be the Geek Night In, the musical. Yeah. I can play drums over Skype. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been enjoying it. Like I really like the idea of something that just captures some of those aspects of being in a band that you very rarely see explored of like hey, sometimes it's not even at all about being in a band. It's just about us having a bit of a silly hangout together. And that's been really nice. Um, So Community, you've watched an anime band version of Community. Kind of, yeah. It's Uh, not about being in the study group. (laughs) That's that's actually a really good comparison. Uh, The other thing I will say is like the 10th episode is a retread of a plot from an earlier episode. That's concerning when 10 episodes in, they're already reusing a plot, which is, hey, we're going to go away for a week and have an intensive uh, band training camp. Oh no, we wasted the week hanging out. We didn't do much practicing. It's okay though, because we grew closer together as a band. That plot happens twice in two episodes, (laughs) which is like, I enjoyed it both times, but that is concerning when there's three, there's like, I'm maybe a third of the way through the show and they've already like 10 episodes in repeated a plot line. Let's hope that's a one-off occurrence. Um, so yeah, what else do we have to talk about this week? Kate or Gemma, do you have oh. a thing? Oh, Tilly, do you have, have a, thing? a thing? You have a thing. It's um, probably not as exciting as I made it out to be. That's all right. It's you talking. That's <laughs> exciting to me. Um, my friend got engaged this evening. Oh, which friend? Chloe. Oh yeah, um, and um, her like her partner proposed to her by like going down on one knee after a, an anniversary dinner, and I was like, I like my proposal better. <laughs> I think mine was better. Yours was not as much effort in to it. <laughs> it was gonna be. And then I was like, why am I waiting? I love you and I want to get married to you, so let's just do it now. Yeah, you couldn't wait long enough to get off the sofa, put the cheesecake down and wait for a £3 ring to arrive. £1.50, actually. (laughs) £1.50. That doesn't help your case, Tilly. I love you. Anyway, that's it. (laughs) Aw, that is sweet. Anyway, uh, where were we? Gemma, 
Kate, do you have anything you'd like to talk about? I suppose I've got a shout out to do, actually. Um, oh, it's like to... a 90s radio show. Yeah. <laughs> this goes out to Twitter user Meta Lupus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they got in touch with me actually mentioning that uh, Destination America, uh, which I guess is a channel, uh, was broadcasting a five-hour rail journey across Alaska. Um, and this seems to have just gone out on normal TV, apparently with ad breaks, sadly. So, um, so this is just like the inside of a train carriage and you can see out the window, I guess? It's probably more likely a, a strapping a camera to the front of it. Again, a Ooh. bit like the Forsporters quiz show which i talked about basically like being sat in the front seat of the dlr train where you can see out in front of the train yeah and this got me to thinking about um because i think they mentioned that they had it on whilst working and it's actually something i do every now and then my husband as well we watch videos of uh just train journeys because if you just get this um you get this sweeping view basically of a city or a town or anything for a few minutes going by and sometimes they do like panning shots of like passengers getting on and off the train and everything as well (laughs) i thought i'd mention it because it actually seems like quite a nice relaxation yeah like i can see the appeal of it because i've done the whole thing of like um having the the fireplace channel on at christmas Mm. and those kind of like this is just a thing in the background that is pleasant and calming to have on there's an yeah. aquarium one. I can post a link to it. I mean, mm. I know not everyone agrees with aquariums and things, but it's like a massive shark aquarium in America somewhere. And I put that on like on my phone and then put my phone like in landscape and just pop it by uh, propped up against a lamp. And, yeah. so, and I have an, I have tiny sharks in my room. <laughs> I've done this before with, um, with like when you've got like kitten cams and things where it's like, oh, Hey, our cat had kittens. Uh, just, go on Twitch and there'll be like a 10 hour live stream of kittens just being kittens. There's a cookie cam one which is Aww. incredible of course. Have you ever done one of those Tilly? Watched like a kitten mm-hmm. cam? Mm-hmm. Yeah they they are, oh they're so great. Mm. I think I watched um, I once watched bears fishing in a river for salmon <laughs> like oh, a live so stream. Cool. Did, cool. did they catch any? I think so. I remember. I, was, um... I remember you getting pissed off, if I remember correctly, because none of them were catching them for a while. <laughs> you were like, "Catch <laughs> one, bears!" Well, yeah. At first, I was like, "Oh, yeah, this looks interesting. I'll just check it." Because, like, what's the what's the po- probability that the one time that I sign in at this random time, there's actually going to be bears catching fish? And there were, and I was really excited for about five minutes. And then I was like, they're all really shit at this. <laughs> like, have you no ever... wonder they're endangered. Have you ever caught a fish with your hands? Yes, I caught a fish with a plastic bag the other day. The other day. I said with, you, with your hands. That's my point. Have yeah, you ever caught a fish with your hands? I've, I've been fishing, but like, not with the, my the, hands. the bears don't have fishing rods or plastic bags. They have their hands, and that's quite difficult, I imagine. I always bears like... Have hands. Pause, whatever, <laughs> shut up. Oh, oh, Laura got told. Fuck you. <laughs> I hate you all. My favourite thing about salmon is, it's kind of a weird story, but um, a girl who I work with, who I'm now very good friends with because of this, we were walking home from work really late at night and she's really, like, has the 
thickest Bristol accent you've ever heard in your life. And we'd only really met like a couple of weeks before and like maybe worked two shifts together. And she was like, oh, I watched a documentary on um on on like one of them David Attenborough ones. And it was a salmon. And, you know, it went, it, they have to swim for miles and miles upstr- upstream. And, you know, telling all the things that salmons do. And she was like, and I realised, like, you don't really know what and understand what salmon go through, do you? <laughs> and it was just the way she said it. And it was like half past midnight. And I was like, oh, beautiful human. We've been friends ever since. That, 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 is, uh, that is a way to bond, that certainly mm-hmm. is. You know what else is a thing that I think me and Kate can bond about? And I think Tilly too. I don't know about Gemma. Bubble tea. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, sweet. So, Nicki Minaj. I, oh, what is oh, it? Okay, Bubble tea is basically like, imagine oh. if you had cold tea, fa- so flavored, flavored. A word for it, Laura, iced tea. Okay, iced tea. Okay. Like, uh, imagine like horrible. very strongly fruit flavored iced tea oh. with like these little bubbles in the bottom, and uh, the the way that I like them is the the bubbles that are like, they're basically like full of concentrated fruit juice, um, oh. inside these like bubbles of like they're like a dissolvable sugar they're, they're tapioca like, no 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 the tapioca ones are the chewy ones oh is it okay. oh i don't like the chewy no. ones the tapioca are the chewy ones where it's just uh, tapioca but the other ones are like this i don't know quite what it is you but, burst them and there's more yeah, juice in them. you burst them in your mouth and there's very strong concentrated juice inside um, so they, they properly like pop in your mouth mm, they yes. are so nice they're like almost like a jelly a ball of like jelly that pops in your mouth with oh. fruit in and this sounds like the oh. worst imaginable thing no okay i've not described it well okay okay <laughs> I, I i will say i generally hate stuff that's described like this like i don't like mixed textures but this okay, really yeah. like i really like this because it's like it's very much like have the drink then okay i've got a couple of balls in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> You, you pop them against the roof of your mouth and then it's just, oh, that was nice. And you swallow them. Okay. I will re-describe them because you, no offense, I love you, Laura, but you, you did not make it sound very appetizing. Okay, fine. You describe it. So, Gemma, it's fruit tea. Like, you can get it with milk in, but because a lot of um, East Asia is lactose intolerant, like me, um, a lot of them don't have milk. Yeah, I, I never have them with milk. So why would you? It's disgusting. Yeah. But basically, it kind of, it's like a Japanese, Chinese kind of, like, there's all the, in um, they'll have, like, shops dedicated to iced tea and bubble tea, and they have them in Australia as well. Um, and in Sydney, there was one, and I got, I don't know if I actually sent it to you, Laura. When I sent you my phone, did it still have a case attached to it? Yes, it did, which I have uh, by my desk. That case is from an iced tea shop in Sydney. Oh, it's the one with the lemon thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. the lemon tea shop. But basically, it's there is tea in the tea, but very few. It, it, like it is quite sugary, um, and it will be like lychee flavored or raspberry flavored or like mango and passion. Fruit. Oh my god, they're so good. Uh, the um, the one I had this week was um, it was mango, uh, mango like mango fruit tea with uh passion fruit popping balls but that's the point oh, it's like it's you're so supposed good. to find like trying to find like a good combo between the little yeah. bubbles and the um and the tea but the bubbles there it, yeah it's like a skin of i don't know what it's like a very thin like it's like a very thin jelly 
Yeah, and then you pop it and the juice bursts in your mouth. But you can just, it is quite sweet. Like my mum had one and she was like, no, it's too sweet for me. But then if you get like a lemon, if you get the bubbles as lemon or something or something sour or sharp, then obviously that balances it. But I mean, do you have, is iced tea, I'm presuming, is not a big thing in Nordic countries? <laughs> well, actually, I was going to say. For the obvious reason of it being very cold. There are bubble tea places in Sirta Malm, oh. and the reason I mentioned Sirta Malm in Stockholm in particular is because that's basically hipster central. The place I've yeah, seen most bubble tea shops is Shoreditch and Islington. <laughs> you should uh, you should try some bubble tea. It's if you really like good. if you like really like strong sweet fruit juices. It's no. a very, very nice thing. <gasps> you don't? <laughs> this is why it sounds like the worst thing. Because, okay, my only experience of iced tea was... I had always been intrigued by it, seeing it referenced in American TV shows and stuff. Mm. So when I was in Los Angeles, um, I tried one in an IHOP. And it was horrible. Ooh. American I... iced tea is just sugar. Like, yeah, it, American it's... iced tea is too sweet. You can get, like, litres of it at Burger King and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they call it, like, sweet tea. Like, I, I prefer, like, basically the, the, my flavour range is around, like, Lipton's iced tea mm. peach. I'm with you, girl. I will have some peach iced tea from Lipton's. That's nice. Ugh, but uh, I, I very much like bubble tea. <laughs> Tilly? There, uh, there used to be a really good bubble tea place in, um, in Bath when I was at uni. Of course. And um, it was like, absolutely amazing. And it closed down a couple of months before I left uni. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? This That's why you left. You were like, no, I don't stand for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. It it left. It was to open when I left. And then I went back three weeks later to go visit some friends. And it was closed then. Was this the one that we had the apple uh, bubble tea from mm-hmm. when I came up? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They did hot. Didn't they do hot yeah, bubble they tea? Yeah, they do warm yeah, bubble tea. Warm, tea. Yeah. Yeah. Warm bubble tea, in, like when it's just like warm apple with like popping apple things in it. I'm just like, oh, this is so nice. Yeah, oh, I was so um, good. That I did, sounds I more like my sort of thing. To, yeah, I haven't been back to Bath since because the bubble tea place is yeah. closed. So what's the point? But then a really cool <laughs> one opened up in Bournemouth. Yeah, and there's a really nice one here in Bournemouth now. Basically, just on uh, Oxford yeah. one, which is really weird. Yeah, if if this sounds nice to you, Gemma, like war- basically imagine warm apple juice with like concentrated bubbles of warm apple juice in it. That's, that sounds that's, good. Yeah, ha- try if you go past a bubble tea place, try a apple bubble tea with apple balls, and have it warm if they offer it. I now want something like an apple cider with apple like liqueur shots in it. That would be cool. That sounds really nice, actually. Oh, I had, I went to the um, patent pending today <laughs> in Salisbury. Yay, left the house. And um, they had, like, obviously the mold cider stands, and I tried that, and it was really nice. But they also had a liqueur based kind of Christmassy thing, and they had an apple one, which was, I think it was brandy and vodka the apple one but it tasted minty like i said to the woman you could have it with some soda water and crushed ice and it would be like a christmasy mojito but they also had one which made me think of you Gemma, because it was gin based and it was there was one which was cherry cordial and one which was like Ooh. black currant no blackberry and rose hip Ooh. it was cool it was really really cool so that just made me think of you oh you know what i fancy right now now that it's getting wintry 
sad Christmas. <laughs> oh, sad Christmas! I want to drink some sad Christmas now. Badass Berger is going to send us some sad Christmas. When yeah, we move. when we move, he's going to send us sad Christmas in the mail. Sad Christmas is the best. And uh, then we're going to get all the Nine Worlds people around who can make it, and we're all going to drink sad Christmas. It's going to be great. But it won't be a sad Christmas. It'll be a happy Christmas It'll with be a sad Christmas. I'm not looking forward to Christmas. I'm like the official Geek Night in Scrooge this year. Okay. I've got about £80 for Christmas, and that's it. So... I thought I, I already have like presents, but and I can say this because my sister never has never listened to an episode. My sister is really ungrateful when it comes to presents. <laughs> so like I've spent about forty pounds on her, and they're nice presents, and you know she's got a lot of stuff, and she will be like, "Oh, thanks." Well, so, my, forget um, forget those people. You should come have Christmas with us in the well, Christmas house. in the nerd house. Yeah, come to nerd uh, house. Actual Christmas Day is going to be nice because we're going out. We're going, um, we've booked like the local pub. You know, obviously they have like a Christmas Day menu. And we are, I'm having sea bass, which is my favourite food ever, ever, ever. And so I'm quite looking forward to that. That's cool. But generally, I'm like not getting into the Christmas spirit. That's fine. Spend the rest of Christmas with us and it'll be lovely. I'm probably going to be working for most of it, which is another reason to hate (laughs) Christmas. People come to, people come to the cinema at like nine o'clock on Christmas Eve. I would love to work on Christmas I've done Day. that actually. Okay, like... Gemma, I hate you. Like, <laughs> but it's a really perfect that? time to see a film because nobody else does it. People do go. And it's, it's also so because, like, I mainly did it during college because, I, like, that was when I'd grown out of the whole, like, gathering around as a family doing Christmas Eve thing. It's a little different in Sweden because they actually do the most of the Christmas celebrations on Christmas Eve. Mm. Um, but yeah, I kind of didn't want to hang around my family too much and just like start the whole staring into the middle space awkwardly. So I went out with friends to see films because oh. <laughs> that was all there was to do in my hometown was see films and get drunk. <laughs> I could deal with that, but no, I'm not looking. I'm probably going to work on Christmas Eve. Oh. I I would quite like to work Christmas Day because uh, well you get special rates for working Christmas Day. Yeah, that's the so, thing. We don't get any like we will be working until like midnight on Christmas Eve, and we will not get a penny over our standard rate. Yeah, my brother gets paid time and a half, but because Ugh. he's only eighteen. Oh, that's not actually that much. Yeah, it's not that much, but I get paid like ten pounds an hour for working on Christmas Day. Okay. Wow. The only problem is that. Like, if I were to work a long day, like a 12-hour shift, that would be 120 quid. Great. Wow. But I need to get the bus, and the buses don't run on Christmas Day. Oh, my God. You might... Just boring work. You might be able to get them to pay for a taxi. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) They don't seem to be too keen on that. I have... (laughs) I have tried in the past. Mm. Alright, and with that, is that a good place for us to wrap up for this week? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we started is... with the vampires, ended on taxis. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a what a wonderful circle we have created. Um, so thank you very much for listening, everyone. It's been wonderful to have you around for another episode. If you would like to find the people on the podcast on the internet, you can do that because we do self-promotion every week. Mm. Kate, where can we find you on the internet? Um, mascaraandchill.tumblr.com. Somebody criticised today the whole Netflix and chill pun, so tell them they're wrong by going to my blog um last night or the night before i can't remember i posted a guide and recommendations and suggestions for low spoon self-care pampering so go and check that out Woo. and Gemma, where are you on the internet 
I am most places at Raygun Goth, and my website is raygun-gothic.net or raygungoth.net. And Tilly, and Tilly, where are you on the internet? I am at Gathering Tilly on Twitter. Woo! And then you can find me at Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on Patreon. Laura K Buzz on uh, YouTube. Laura K Buzz.com. That's all the places to find me. Laura K Buzz.com is a good one to look at because all my work's there. Just everything turns up there. Laura K Buzz on Patreon pays me money. So also, that's good. You like my stuff? Give me a pound or something. Yeah. That... You became very randomly like Cockney then. <laughs> give me a pound. <laughs> yeah, give me a pound. <laughs> you should listen to Podquisition. She goes in and out of this Cockney accent like constantly. There's nothing wrong with a Cockney accent for comedic effect. It's, um, a, it's a great thing. Well, it's not even for comedic effect. It's just in the middle of a sentence. Randomly, it's not even supposed to be funny, I don't think. But it's like... Better do a Cockney yeah, accent. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. It was like... <laughs> She turns into a doll. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much for listening. We will have another episode for you again next week. Love you all. Bye. 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 Hey, Dora.